In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents... Madam Speaker... Madam Vice President. You want to hang out with us? Get your vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine. And so I went to Human Resources. There are some things I just can't tell you uh, on air. The Betches Sub Podcast. A woman's problem, if you will. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today is September 22nd, which marks... The very first day of autumn. Welcome wow. to autumn. And Libra and season. Wow. So many things are happening. She's a cusp cusp baby because yeah. like sometimes it's like the 23rd, sometimes it's the 21st. You know, you can never quite be sure. So she like she's right. And in this, Libra, in, this, in this group, we believe in cuspers, right, Elise? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think I think that the science has shown the many science. times that <laughs> cuspers. <laughs> the cusps are a thing. Yeah. Do we, is fall our favorite season? I think it's my favorite season. What about it's you? It's definitely mine. I do there's love tweed, fall. There's uh, apple cider. I'm I'm like already preparing myself. I'm like, it's hot, hot well, apple you cider. You know, I'm really season. curious. Riding that, boot season. Exactly. Why why is Christian girl fall? Why do Christian girls have a monopoly on this season? I think we should do. I'm gonna start promoting atheist girl fall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> atheist I think girl it has autumn. something to do. And I don't, I don't know my, I, I can't take you through the full theory, but I think Fake that um, it has something to do with pumpkin spice. I think that uh, evangelicalism sure. and pumpkin spice. Are linked. <laughs> I saw like this guy on a TikTok. Over, like it was a man who I'm sure had great intentions. And he ha- he was wearing a shirt that said reproductive rights and pumpkin spice. <laughs> oh no. Oh, no. Listen, I love it's fine. High reproductive rights on your clothing all day. Like? We love that. <laughs> yeah, but but those two together was an interesting. What are two things? Girl, yeah, interesting pair. It also like it's one of my. What, it's a thing that bothers me where you can tell like it's kind of supposed to rhyme, <laughs> sort of, but it's not. It doesn't. It, it obviously does not rhyme. Um, yeah, I would, th- that's too much. We have that's much better good. reproductive rights themed merch on our yeah. website that actually <laughs> benefits. And like, if you buy our, so we have a couple things and a portion goes directly to the Texas, I think it's Texas, Texas equal access fund, which goes mm-hmm. directly to funding abortions, which is what we need right now. We previously yeah. have raised money for the law, for the lawyers involved, but now shit is dire. So we are just raising money for if only yeah. Starbucks would would commit half of every pumpkin spice latte to it. And oh my God, in Texas sounds like a good for every strategy. pumpkin spice latte. They fund an abortion. They would actually have to be like like recruiting people to get them. This is not good. I, I think that would be the end of the pumpkin. This is not spice, a good idea. The pumpkin spice Christian girl autumn. Uh, it would be a hard sure. break. Absolutely, hard it would break. be a hard break. Yeah, I was about to say these people freaked out over a solid red cup once. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you made pumpkin spice fund abortion, I'm pretty sure. 
Oh, I forgot about like, that. How do we protest this without buying the pumpkin spice? So they buy the pumpkin spice to pour it out. It'd be very confused. They wouldn't understand mm-hmm. the concept of the boycott. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to give the anti-pumpkin spice boycotters in this hypothetical scenario. Uh, I don't. I don't want to give them advice, but I think they would have to go to the source of pumpkin spice and buy out the source of pumpkin spice, and then yeah. stop all of just put a stop on all pumpkin spice nationwide. Supply chain issues, you know, just get into that and get to to the core of the pumpkin spice. They would have to get into the supply chain. They would have to rebrand it like they did with French fries somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Gourd. Take it back. Take Take back back. our gourds. (laughs) (laughs) All gourds matter. 100%. (laughs) So we are also going to start today with a little UNGA update. Yesterday was the second day, I believe, of the United Nations General Assembly, which means Mm -hmm. you cannot get around Midtown Manhattan. And we're learning about what these uh, world leaders have planned for the next, uh, Mm -hmm. until the next one. So what do we got, Elise? Okay. I promised to provide a 60 second UNGA update. So I am going to time myself because I'm going to hold my, I I told you via text, it would be 60 seconds and I'm going to hold myself to that. So starting now. Um, Okay. Uh, BTS opened UNGA. (laughs) They performed uh, as in their capacity as international ambassadors, I guess. Then after that, the head guy of the UN, Antonio Garros, I believe he, he spoke Everyone's just talking about climate change and COVID and all that. Uh, Bolsonaro from Bolivia spoke on the first day. He is unvaccinated. From Brazil. Oh, sorry, from Brazil. That's Bolsonaro, Bolivia. I got com- anyway. He's from Brazil, very much from Brazil. He uh, he's unvaccinated, and he was like, "It's fine. I took malaria medicine in the hospital." <gasps> uh, like he's. He really is like letting his freak flag fly now that Trump's not there. Biden also talked. He was basically like. Sorry, we're nice now. Um, we're going to get we got back in the plim- Paris Climate Accords, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then China committed to not funding any more coal fired power plants abroad, which is a huge deal. Turkey said that it might be the last it, th- that they're going to try to join the Paris Climate Accords themselves, which would make them the last country in the G20 to do that. And then also on the horizon. Sorry, I'm seven seconds over. But anyway, on the horizon, the Taliban asked if they could have a representative because just the old representative from the old government is there doing I don't know what. Uh, and so we're going to see if they let them come and talk because every- everybody's been talking. A- Mm-hmm. Now, we'll, we'll give you 60 seconds because we we took shaved a couple off. So how do okay. we? Because I also this? said I had to re- say Bolivia, Bolsonaro anyway. That and those, I think both those me words over. have a lot of syllables. And well, it, I think me correcting myself pushed me over. And so I would like some of that time back to say, yeah, the, the Taliban, basically, there's an old the envoy from the old government that does not exist anymore is just there uh, representing Afghanistan. And I don't know what capacity. And then, so I think it's a him, but I actually I don't know. guess. Yeah. The Taliban, Taliban's is definitely. Him. Taliban's not there. Yeah. But the Taliban now is like, well, can we send someone? Cause we want to address Anga. Cause also everyone's like, everyone's talking about us. So maybe you could let us in and we'll, you could say it to our fucking faces. So yeah. that's kind of where we're at. With All right, cool. So that sounds um, oh. China Can I say one good. more thing? Mm-hmm. The China part is good. There was a really funny moment with Bolsonaro 
from Bolivia and Boris Johnson, where Boris Johnson was like telling everyone to get the AstraZeneca back. He was telling he was touting the AstraZeneca vaccine, but Bolsonaro is right there and he's not vaccinated. So Boris was like, you should get the AstraZeneca. I've had it twice. And then (laughs) and and Bolsonaro was like, no, that's hilarious. Oh, my God. Yeah, He's just unvaccinated and there. And I love thinking about in terms of like, you know, I had to just plan a wedding and stuff. I love just thinking about him as the unvaccinated guest who everyone has to be like, God damn it. And, you know, he's not going to be cool about testing and he's like being a dick about it. And he can't go to any restaurants in New York. He's here and he can't go anywhere. Wow. That's really interesting. It's just like a full scenario. It's just like the leader of Brazil is just in his hotel room by himself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's terrible. He's a terrible person and he's in charge of like some of our, the globe's most precious resources. And it's really sad. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. We should make a podcast about he's in that. He's in charge of the Amazon and um, he won't get vaccinated and is screaming about like alternative medications. So Beautiful. really good. Love to hear. Mm-hmm. Boris Johnson also somehow this week finally admitted that he has six kids. We- oh my God, did he? He finally did. He's got a seventh on the way, but there is one child he has refused to account for that um, came from an extramarital affair, I believe, or, or I don't know if he was married to the original person. But yeah, he has, I believe he has like three with a first wife. And then I don't know, he, he has a really young wife now who he recently had a child yes. with and she's pregnant. They just announced she's pregnant again. He previously- and he acknowledged he has six kids already. Mm-hmm. He had previously refused to say how many children he has. Um, right. Boris Johnson has his own Tiffany Trump. I, I hope Tiffany Trump and that child are friends and she's yeah, they start a group them through it. Yeah. <laughs> Learning lots of things. This, uh, mm-hmm. this, I, go. <laughs> you didn't know he had seven kids. Yeah. Somebody had sex with him seven times. I didn't, I didn't know he had any kids. I, I was not aware. I was, I live blissfully Many. unaware that people he reproduced. Like I was living that life. This is like, I when mean, until now incels, it could have been any number existing. Yeah. That's any the number thing about it, incels is that like some it's your personality. Like if somebody yeah. had sex with Boris Johnson seven times, like not, on. not just yeah. like probably across different yeah. women, more than, more, than, more than one woman. Like that's the, that how babies are made. My God. I, I, that's what I've heard. <laughs> I'm doing my own research, but that's what I've heard. <laughs> Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20.
Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. We needed that really light opener because today we're talking about the debt ceiling. The nation is in some debt, which is normal. Mm -hmm. Uh, The debt limit is the maximum. I was telling Caitlin before, this is one of those issues that sounds boring to me and generally sorts itself out. So I try to ignore, but obviously now I host a podcast that a lot of people listen to. So that is not the right route. And I prepare myself. And now that I have, I think the debt limit is ridiculous and should not exist. And we should never be talking about it at all. It should be indefinitely suspended. And we'll talk about why. So the debt limit is the plainly the maximum amount of debt that the treasury can issue to pay the country's bills. We currently owe more than a year's worth of our output. That's a lot. That's an unusual deficit to have, one of the biggest in our our history, but it's been bigger for sure. Some of the factors that have led to this situation are the 2008-2009 recession, the 2017 Trump tax cuts, and the pandemic. Republicans under Trump agreed to cut taxes without proposing any alternative sources of funding or making the necessary spending cuts. And obviously the pandemic demanded a lot of spending. We're on track for the fiscal situation to be about as bad as it was after World War II. Obviously contexts are completely different. I I don't really know. I'm not an economist, so I don't know the usefulness with comparisons there, but the actual deficit numbers, they conceal our social security issues because there's a lot of things that aren't even in this. Like we have a lot of obligations, The point is even more than that already scary deficit number suggests. So all of this does sound alarming, but Republicans have been pretty effective over the last decade at making the public think that questioning whether the debt ceiling should be raised is the responsible way to keep the nation like fiscally healthy. As if every time we talk about this, we're explicitly making a decision about if we should spend more money. The thing about the debt ceiling is that we're not trying to raise it so that we can pursue new spending. This isn't a matter of like tightening our belt for our future endeavors. We've already made these commitments. We've already made these promises. These are, these are bills. It's like, we've already used the electricity. The bill is coming. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Basically it's like getting your credit card, like your credit card bill and being like, well, actually in (laughs) retrospect, I should never have had this credit card. And I will not be paying the bill. (laughs) I sort of liken it to, like, I feel like I've seen a lot of sort of memes lately of, like, people getting catastrophically injured and being, like, having notes on them, like, please do not call an ambulance. Like, we got to call an ambulance. Like, we need to continue paying our bills. You are already hurt. You will not get unhurt if we don't call an ambulance. So there are no good reasons to create a crisis around the debt ceiling, which has been raised over 100 times. But year or like every couple of years or whatever, we get in this really scary situation. Like I opened the podcast with all those scary stats. If you don't know a lot about this, like honestly, I didn't. You might think like, oh shit, maybe we like need a need to be more circumspect with this debt ceiling. But there are only bad reasons to even discuss not raising the debt ceiling. Playing with chicken with the debt ceiling, it ultimately does drive the deficit up. Even a debt ceiling showdown, which happens all the time, where Congress lets the public think that it might not do it, has huge consequences for the stock market. During one of these, during these crises, the previous one, the U.S. had its credit rating downgraded. We remember that, and a rise in interest rates ultimately causes billions in increased borrowing and other people in- money in increased borrowing, and that drove the deficit even higher. And this is just from playing this game of chicken. We did not even default, like. To talk about default is, is get, getting to a catastrophic layer. Like people aren't going to get their social security checks. But even just getting in this position where we let Republicans play around with it causes a lot of damage. So to avoid reaching this point over and over, in 2013, Congress created a suspension for the debt ceiling that they have repeatedly renewed. But now that's expired. 
funding lapses next week and the U.S. will run out of money in default by mid-November about if the debt ceiling isn't raised. A prolonged breach of this sort would cost 6 million jobs. It would wipe out $15 trillion in household wealth, $15 trillion wiped out. And that's all of us. That's people who don't have a lot of wealth, but maybe have a little bit. That's people in pension. That's everything. It would drive the unemployment rate to 9%. And this is all according to the chief economist at Moody's Analytics. So where are we with this right now today? So yesterday, the the House is doing its job. Nancy's keeping everybody on task, as she does, and they passed legislation to keep the government funded through early December and lift the limit on federal borrowing through the end of 2022. In that bill, they also included some support for Afghan refugees and those impacted by climate disaster. So that's now attached. No Republicans in the House voted for this. And yesterday, Mitch McConnell said the debt ceiling will be raised. He's sure of it, but he's going to make Democrats do it all by themselves. Let's listen to him discuss this. Now, Madam President, on a related matter, Democrats have united, unified control of the Senate, the House, and the White House. Their strategy for all this transformational borrowing, spending, and tax hikes was deliberately designed to include no Republican input and to receive no Republican votes. Since Democrats decided to go it alone, they will not get Senate Republicans' help with raising the debt limit. I've explained this clearly and consistently for over two months. We do not have divided government. Democrats do not need our help. They have every tool to address the debt limit on their own, the same party line process they used to ram through inflationary spending in March and already plan to use once again this fall. So to clarify, we need to raise the debt ceiling to fund programs that already exist and were approved by both parties or even just Republicans when they were in power. It's money for their states. Senate Republicans can filibuster the standalone bill to raise the debt ceiling and fund those other initiatives, and they probably will, according to Mitch McConnell. McConnell said that would force Democrats to basically pass it alone via reconciliation. I mean, now there are literally like GOP passed Treasury secretaries who are trying to talk to Mitch McConnell to say, hey, you actually really need to help in this in this effort. So, Caitlin, why do you want to talk about this today? Where are we at with this crisis? I mean, the debt ceiling, uh, like, uh, I, th- I can't remember how many weeks ago, but a little while ago, I was like, yeah, we got this transportation bill through, but the real test is going to be the debt ceiling. This is an obvious thing that everyone should agree on because it's already you already spent the money. Again, I, I love Elise and the, the credit card thing because that's exactly where my energy was. It was like you you went and you spent the money on the credit card. And now you're like, I do not feel like paying this bill. I, <laughs> yeah, like, I just I, I do not want to. And it's like that's not how that works. And now any of that works. I would love if that's how it works. I, it would be amazing. It'd be so amazing. You could just be like. No, not paying this credit card. This was free money. <laughs> but but like the and the 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 costs of the United States not fulfilling its debt obligations, like having learned about a little bit more about our financial system, <laughs> the source of our currency, the <laughs> people who run the largest economy in human history that is responsible for between 20 and 25 percent of global economic output just deciding hey turns out we just don't feel like paying for shit 
that 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 would be so catastrophic the order and effects like it's probably like the the situation that you outlined Amanda is probably a small version like that is the eh, we want to curb our expectations here of how bad it could get but it's probably worse also just to be clear 15 trillion dollars is our annual like uh economic production so just to be clear wiping out 15 trillion dollars in household wealth i know that feels like a very abstract number and basically be like not having an american economy at all just like not having it for an entire year no one buys a house no one sells a car no one like nothing happens you don't go to starbucks none of it no, no pumpkin spice like <laughs> all just get stuck in amber but then the rest of the world continues functioning it would be that bad yeah but then they never trust us or want to i want to mess with us again because yeah you have mitch mcconnell saying and even economists are like there's absolutely no way that senators would ever let this happen but I feel like the public, and as I said, I didn't, do you disagree with that? Are you like, sure they would. Why wouldn't they? They don't care. I mean, yeah. Do I think, I don't think Tommy, Tubber, Tommy Tuberville is that concerned or knowledgeable about like, he just does what Mitch McConnell tells him. Yeah. I mean, didn't, I mean, they've played this game before to the point where like our credit rating was downgraded or whatever yeah. under Obama. So, and they're only crazier now than they were before. So they haven't gotten they haven't become more measured in the years since. So it's hard to see. It's hard to see Mitch McConnell taking such a hard stance if he doesn't intend to follow through on it. So it feels like it comes down once again to are Democrats willing to. I don't know, like bulldoze through some of these ridiculous rules in order to get our government to be functional, you know, can we get rid of the filibuster? Can we change how this debt ceiling raising? They works? definitely can. can. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, but can we get them to actually get together and do it? And it's just like, every time it feels like I'm not right. optimistic. <laughs> well, what Democrats tried to do with this legislation that they passed last night is that they attached the disaster relief to it because, you know, Louisiana, those senators are Republicans. And so they're hoping that the 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 representatives from states that were impacted will come along with them. But they are more like John Kennedy from Louisiana was more just spinning it on on Nancy Pelosi and being like, no, it's just callous of them to make us raise the debt ceiling. It's like the debt ceiling is going to be raised anyway. So the, so it seems like a likely scenario is that Democrats will have to include this in the reconciliation bill. But my question is, does that give pro- progressive Democrats and Biden leverage over Manchin and Cinema? Like, OK, we all the 48 of us want the spending package to be three and a half trillion. If you don't vote for this, you're also responsible for letting the debt ceiling lapse. So let's go. Yeah, uh, I mean, the biggest problem that we have is that reconciliation can only be used a certain number of times in a that's right year. Yeah. So when you have to try to use what what Mitch McConnell is trying to do is force Democrats to burn that three point five trillion reconciliation bill that they're trying to get through on a function of government that should just be a matter of course. No one else has a stupid thing in their laws. And there's a reason for that is because it is stupid and it should not be here. And the only reason we had it was to force our elected representatives to stop and think about the kind of spending that they're doing. But that never happens. No one ever actually thinks about how this government works any 
anymore. Sorry. No one ever thinks about how this government works anymore. So we're all just here treating government like theater. And Mitch McConnell knows that he's the ringmaster and he can, you know, fuck up anything. And people are just going to go beg and plead with him to to do things like, please, Mitch, you know, let us do that. It just gives him more leverage every single time for this. So this is just about fucking over Democrats taking the the very reasonable package that we have and forcing us to use reconciliation when we we really shouldn't be burning reconciliation on this and putting Democrats on the defensive because if you pass it through reconciliation, you have to set a number for how much you want to raise the debt ceiling by versus the regular way, which you can, it kind of makes it like open-ended, like suspended, that suspension meant that they never had to put a number on it. But now if they want to raise the reconciliation, they have to put a number on it. And then Republicans are going to run. They made you spend a bajillion dollars. And now yeah. it's because they, like, they should Democrats put a gazillion dollars. Like they should just write <laughs> one gazillion dollars. Yeah, they're just like, just like Dr. Eveling it out here. Just like <laughs> one. The only purpose that the debt ceiling serves at this point is a political tool for Republicans to accuse Democrats of of like one spending, even though we were in this fucking position because of the Trump tax cuts, because they just were like, sure, rich people can pay less and we won't adjust anything else. And now they're like, balls in your court, Democrats. Like that's the thing he's like, if Dem, because he wants to make it, 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 a key part here is that this, we need to raise the debt ceiling to meet commitments we've already made. Republicans want it, want to make it seem like, well, Democrats want to spend three and a half trillion dollars. They're going to have to agree to raise the debt ceiling as if we're going to be like, Oh, that's a hard choice for us. No, dude, we love spending. Fine. Great. Like that's his, that's his like threat. Like if Democrats want to spend three and a half trillion dollars, they're going to have to give themselves permission. No problem. No problem. Yeah. It's, I mean, the whole situation is very interesting because again, like this has happened before. Um, But also it just, I don't know. We were talking before recording about how like it just lays bare how like everything is kind of held together with spit. And like there are all these rules that exist kind of for no reason. But in nicer times, no one like played games (laughs) with them. So it was fine. But now it's like it feels like we have to get rid of so much bloated stuff from our government, like this process of raising the debt ceiling to pay for things that we're already committed for that is now being used for like political gain. I mean, the filibuster, obviously we've talked about a million times. Like it's just every single place we turn, it's like the system needs a full tune up. Right. Right. There's always some like arcane and completely unnecessary rule that takes over, takes up all the oxygen. Exactly. Exactly. Like it's there, there are just like these ridiculous little rules that are standing in the way of like us having a functional government, us dealing with the literal pandemic that is happening, us dealing with the literal climate crisis that is happening. And it's the thing that's standing in the way is a rule that says every year we have to vote to say yes to the money we already said yes to. Right. It's two step verification, but like, yeah, it's two step verification, but they're like, but they're like, find all the buses, but everything looks like a bus or nothing looks like a bus. There's a little square of the bus is in the other square. And so does that count as the bus? We don't know. (laughs) We don't know. And then we just keep clicking, try again, try again, try again, over and over. Oh, that is our show today until the end of the U.S. economy, I guess. I'm Amanda (laughs) Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. 
And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to suppod at Betches.com. Betches.